Hello, you're listening to the Stay Whole podcast. I'm Sanjay, your host. My aim is to help you demystify the world of health and wellness using evidence-based lifestyle interventions that will enable you to live happier, healthier, and more productive lives. This revolves around three key principles, eat, live, and move. In this episode, I am joined by GP, lifestyle medicine physician, podcaster, author, and mother, Dr. Alka Patel. Alka has been a medical doctor for over 20 years. Her own experience with burnout led her to a hospital bed. It was at this time that she realized that prioritizing her own health was the most important thing she could do to help her career flourish. She also came to the conclusion that the medical profession was heading in the wrong direction. There was an over-reliance on medication and often this would not be the answer to our health problems. She discovered lifestyle medicine and has used it in a practical and sustainable way. Through her own research, she created the Lifestyle First Method, which is a scientifically proven approach to optimal health. In this episode, we talk about her definition of lifestyle medicine, finding our purpose in life, and the key components of behavior change. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with Dr. Patel, and I'm very grateful that she found time in her busy schedule to speak with me. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. So here she is, Dr. Alka Patel. Okay, brilliant. Thank you very much, Alka, Dr. Alka Patel, for joining me on the Stay Whole podcast today. This is a conversation I've been looking forward to for for a long time, and uh, there's just so much I want to talk about. I mean, you're a you're a GP, a health coach, a health coach, even a lifestyle medicine practitioner, a mum, a podcaster. I mean, there's just so many strings to your bow. Um, give us a give us a brief introduction about who you are and what you do. That'd be a great place to start. Wonderful. Thanks, Sanjay. Um, like you, I'm really looking forward to today um, as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think you've kind of, you know, at least uh, summed up those kind of job title type roles that we all kind of tend to talk about when we say, who are you and what do you do? So, absolutely. I'm doctor, speaker, coach, podcaster and author in the making as well. I'd probably sort of um, add to that. Um, but what does all of that mean? So, for me, it's about amplifying health as a skill and as an asset. So that's where I really kind of focus a lot of my attention to for individuals and business leaders um, with the real aim of helping people to create this sort of compassionate lifestyle change for what ultimately we all want, which is healthy, happy living. Um, And so I think for me, my greatest passion really is about that empowerment and that equipping of people to really start to discover and notice and activate the sorts of things we all think about who we are, what we want and where we're going. Um, So I think that's kind of me in an essence. I think for me, um, I really learned a lot of my own sort of powerful lifestyle skills when I went on my own 365 day lifestyle journey. And I think that's when I realized that this, um, this revolving door of healthcare really had omitted to give people the one thing that they needed the most. And that was really permission to hold health as their own. So, uh, that's really what my, um, what my focus is on, um, is giving back people the tools to take back control of their health. Um, and yes, as you said, amongst all of those uh, roles that I've got uh, wrapped into all of that, I'm a mum to three children, I'm a parent to puppies and a wife to one husband. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's uh, that's great. I mean, you, what you just said there, I really, it's an interesting way of, of hearing it. It's it's a different way of. I've not heard it this way, but yeah, you're giving back the health to the individual, and I think it's we've we've got to this stage in in our I don't know, our evolution or in our culture, I guess, of outsourcing parts of our health to different people, different practitioners, whether it's, you know, your you know, physical and, and mental health or whether it's, you know, your um, exercise to the, to the gym and it's your dental health to a dentist. And, you know, every, we, we kind of rely on these other people. And what you're saying is actually giving back the ownership of health to the individual themselves and showing them, actually, you have a huge influence on the way that your your health outcomes, you know, uh, play out. And I think this is what we'll, we'll kind of briefly get into in that topic, in that discussion of, of lifestyle medicine. I think what will be, for me, an interesting place to start is to Health, the word health, uh, you know, it's, it's mentioned in, in, you know, so many different uh, contexts. If, if you have a definition of what you see as health, because I think that can be often uh, misconstrued depending on sort of what, you know, uh, what plane of thought that you're on. What, what does health mean to you? So I think uh, for health, what comes across really strongly to me is that health is actually a skill. It's not a status. As you say, it's something that we think that we just, that we have, but it's not a noun. For me, it's a verb. You have to do health. You don't just get to have it. And so you get to have this, you've got this opportunity with health to create health because I genuinely do believe that we've all got this limitless capacity to create health. Um, and I think what you'll get to know as we get chatting, Sanjay, is my love of acronyms. So when I talk about health, I do talk about health as a skill that you, and I'm going to go through this acronym now. So I talk about H as hold. So health is something that you hold as your own. You don't hand it over to be fixed. The E is engage. So engaging in your health with that sort of curiosity of being an active participant in your own health journey. The A of health is action, so taking action with purpose, you know, purpose that's aligned to your values. The L of health is learn, and I love the concept of learning with this growth mindset. T is target, because targeting without guesswork and making really focused action based on data and measurable data is a really key component of health. And the last set of a health for me, H, is harness. So harnessing all those benefits of joyful, intentional living the way that you want to live. So for me, that's health as a skill, not your external appearance, but your internal dialogue, which is what then determines your external direction. That's wonderful. So health is a skill and you mentioned the do health. And I think that's brilliant. That should be a, that should be a t-shirt or a, or a cap logo or something just to, um, just to remind people. I like that idea of doing health and, and, uh, using it as a skill. And of course, yes, I'm familiar with your acronyms and that's why I think I love and resonate with a lot of your content because it you just make it very, you know, I, when I remember when I was studying, I loved acronyms and it was a way that I remembered things. And I certainly in, in my adult life, I've continued that. So that's brilliant. So hold, engage, action, learn, target and harness. And, and there's one there, which I, I do want to talk about in, in today's discussion, which is action, which will come across that. And you mentioned um, purpose and, and growth mindset along along the lines there as well. So we'll, we'll get into that. Um, 
let's just talk a bit about your your journey sort of into this life this world of lifestyle medicine which again we can discuss well let's talk about that now what we've defined health what about lifestyle medicine and this is something I've, I've spoken about on the last couple of podcasts but it's interesting to get different people's perspective you know what do you what do we mean when we say lifestyle medicine so i like to keep things really simple so lifestyle medicine for me is simply common sense medicine it's self-care medicine it's self-compassionate medicine it's root cause medicine because really what it does is it takes us all the way back to the roots of life and your health of course is intimately connected to your lifestyle which is your moment to moment minute to minute day by day actions which you get to choose so as I said, health doesn't come in the form of a pill. It comes in the form of the way you sleep and move and breathe and connect and visualize and eat and relax and tune into yourself, living with all that passion and purpose and intention. So that is lifestyle medicine. It's back to the roots of life. Yeah, again, a different a different take on it, which is, again, is great. And everything you said there resonates and it, it, it has meaning and purpose. And yeah, absolutely. I think medicine the, the word medicine might be misleading there for a lot of people because they feel like yeah we think of medicine and we think of you know a prescription or a tablet or a syrup or something that we're going to be taking it you know externally however you we have the power your body has the power to to medicate and, and heal itself and i think that's what we're trying that's one of the aims i think with with lifestyle medicine but something with your approach that is i really like which you know is yes we need to know what it is we need to do. So we need to, you know, mention skill as a health, we need to do health. So what are those things? And you mentioned some there in terms of we sleep, we move, we manage our stress and all the other things that we've talked, we've spoken about uh, and I've spoken about many times on the podcast. However, what you're referring to is actually empowering the person to understand how to do these things because it's I don't think there's a lack of knowledge out there I think especially in today's society when we have the internet and we have so many tools available to learn and to understand the knowledge is there. It's how are we putting this into practice to benefit ourselves, which is, you know, that's the the bridge that we need to cross, you know, and I always mention this with simple things like, you know, uh, five a day. I mean, most people have heard of five a day. They know what we mean when we talk about five a day, but is everyone doing it? And I think that's the the bridge that you're trying to cross for people, not necessarily with five a day, but with all aspects of the health, which we've spoken about. So I think that's really, that's really interesting. And I think that mirrors a lot of the work that I do certainly as a coach on the diabetes prevention program because it's about yes here's the knowledge here's the understanding this is what we need to understand first and have that awareness but now how do we actually put it into practice into your own life and and how do we help people to understand that you are empowered and you have the tools and the power to do this and you have health within yourself and I think the way you put it earlier hits it hits it on the head so you mentioned in your acronym of health action the a um, let's go into that a little bit more. What, can we, can we op- open that up and, and, and purpose and let's start to get into that discussion? What do you exactly mean by that? So I think it's really interesting what you've just said there, Sanjay, about the sort of uh, going from knowing to doing. Because as you said, you know, knowledge is now accessible to all of us in our back pockets in exactly the same way. You know, we've all got access to information, but it is actually taking action on that. So even that simple thing you mentioned about five a day, how do you actually translate that into meaningful action? And this for me is exactly where purpose fits into the conversation. And it really is that absolute center point of life. And what I've 
really pivoted into doing is making purpose the very, very first question that I asked to patients, clients, business leaders, people, friends, family, or everyone that I meet, what matters to you? Because you know what, what I found out was that as a GP, I knew a lot about my patients. I knew where they were going on holiday, where their children went to school, even what color socks they wore. But what I didn't know was what mattered to them. I didn't know about their internal motivators, their values. And really then it's no wonder that my advice or any advice doesn't translate into action because until you know what your drivers are for change, you're not going to actually take information and move anywhere with it. Um, And that's why I now really do wrap everything in my coaching sessions and in my lifestyle medicine practice around purpose and value. Because I think that's in essence what helps you sort of differentiate what's important and not what and what's unimportant, what is going to help you keep your focus, what gives you clarity, what really helps you feel gratified and that feeling that, you know, really the things that you're doing really are worth doing. Um, and I think that's the reason that purpose and value are such critical parts of conversation around change for sure. Yeah, so we talk about values in that you know, a value again to me is something that is important to me. It's something that, you know, resonates with me and something that I prioritize. And, and there's, we have different values. Again, everyone has their own values, but we're talking about, you know, we could, we could be talking about things like family. We could be talking about obviously health uh, is, is something that we could value. We could be talking about, you know, career, money. And, and what I've, what I've noticed that my values have changed you know, as the years have passed. And if I look back to, you know, when I was in my twenties, my, my, what was important to me was earning lots of money and, you know, having a social life and, you know, having a close circle of friends and, and, you know, entertainment and things like this and, and material things as well. You know, want to buy things, you want to get on the property ladder, all these things are important. And as you, as I've got a little bit older, my values have changed. Of course, you get married and then your values change slightly. Then you have children. And so values are always changing. But what I find is there's always a fundamental about what whatever's important to you is something that you will always do. And I think that's, you know, we're all coming back to that action point. But so if something is really important to, to me, it doesn't, it shouldn't present itself very difficult to, for me to go out and do that thing. Is that, is that fair to say in, in, in most people or is that as a general statement? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you're, you're spot on there, Sanjay. It's about um, priorities, isn't it? And we often talk about, oh, I haven't got time for this. And, you know, I've got time to focus on my health. And then suddenly when we get sick, we have to find the time. So it's always much more and better to do things, you know, in, in preparation for that and well in advance of that. But I think that's the thing is that we, unless we prioritize and recognize why something is important to you, why it's at the top of your priority list, it tends to be something that by default doesn't get tuned into. Whereas actually, if something's meaningful to you, time isn't the, of the essence, money isn't of the essence, you know, you find the tools that you need to take, uh, to take action. And I think what you said there about values changing is actually the beautiful thing about values is that they are part of your 
identity. And, you know, we hold on to our identities really, really strongly, don't we? But in terms of our values, I always think of them as a bit like sort of that that compass that you carry with you. You know, imagine if you're sort of taking a walk on the Peak District. Now, you've got a sense of where you're going, but every now and again, you'll want to get your compass out, won't you, and sense check that you're going in the right direction. So in that direction, that's important for you. Now, you're not going to want to hold your compass the whole journey you wouldn't want to do that but you need it there to know that you're going in the right direction and I think that's the same thing with values is you don't want to hold on to those values of your 20s so tightly that when life changes and and your perspectives change you can't let go of it values do change and I think that's the really important thing is you hold them lightly enough to be able to guide you at varying stages of your life I think that's a really you know lovely thing that you just uh, touched on there yeah thank you I, I mean you mentioned something there about identity and absolutely you know you mentioned i mentioned values are going to change and, and i think identities change i mean again i identify as a different person now as as to what i did you know many many years ago and i think i don't know i'm, I'm you know i don't have any evidence for this but I, I just anecdotal with people i've worked with over over time and they sometimes it's a, we find it hard to let go of certain identities or we feel like the identity that we want to let go of is difficult to let go of because other people might be identifying us in that way. And I think this is a, a slightly different conversation, but you know, this idea of identity is important because it does define who you are. It does define your actions and, and what you do on a, on a day-to-day basis. And I think if you're trying to break free from that identity, you know, we can go into habits and things like that, but we're trying to break free from that identity. But we are uh, either we can't let go or others are not allowing us to let go it can be very difficult and it can can be a very confusing place so often when i talk about this with people they're just it's like the the values are things that they the things that they enjoy to do the things that are easy often maybe you know the lifestyle habits that we we would deem that are relatively unhelpful you know we're talking about eating certain types of foods being very inactive you know having managing having to deal with high levels of chronic stress um and we respond to that in a way that we feel is comfortable. And of course, that may not be something that's going to help us in the long term, but it can be very hard to, to change that identity. And, and often for me, the first step in the process is, is to try and identify with the person that, 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 that the individual wants to be and wants to become, you know, who are you now and how, and what do you identify with now? As opposed to, like you said, what holding on to what maybe was uh, many, many years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, identity is a really fascinating uh, subject, actually. And there's a lot about self-identity. So it's about how you perceive yourself. And sometimes we get trapped in perceiving ourselves the way the world perceives us and we hang on to that but I think self-identity putting that word self in front of it is really really um, important Um, and I think you know the main thing with identity is um, and I love what you said about thinking about the person that you want to be is that actually there are tools that we can use that connect with our sort of brain physiology and neural networks that actually help us to change our identity in the direction that we want to be living our lives. And the the notion of positive affirmation, so the simple concept of, for example, I am energetic. Now, 
imagine right now you're not feeling particularly energetic, but energetic is the person that you want to be. You know, you want to be full of vitality. You want that energy back. If you do start to really believe that concept of I am energetic, use that positive affirmation on a regular basis. What we've seen from sort of brain MRI scans, et cetera, is that there are particular parts of your brain that light up the sort of ventromedial prefrontal cortex. And this area is associated with change. And so your thoughts, we hear this all the time, don't we, Sanjay? Your thoughts become your actions. And that's all around sort of neuroplasticity. We're not, you're not destined to stick to where you are. We're destined to evolve. Change is part of our evolution. Um, and that idea of positive affirmations, I am, is a really, really strong concept in being able to change the things that are going on in your life so that you can move in that purposeful direction of your of the way that you intend to live your life yeah i like that statement that statement i am i think that's so powerful in that you're you're self-identifying you know with whatever that characteristic is and and often you know just going back to when i was day-to-day as a personal trainer and and working with patient with, with clients sorry um it would be you know I, I I want to lose weight, but I'm very un, I am very unhealthy. I'm not the kind of person that enjoys physical activity or exercise. I'm not the kind of person that can stick to a healthy eating regime. And and then there is you know the the identity of that person. They're, they're self identifying in that way, and that can be that can be a difficult cycle to break for some because it's just something that either as I said they've been reinforcing themselves over as time has gone on or others may have been reinforcing and I've you know I've come across this with patients who may have been you know in and out of hospital in and out of seeing doctors for for their whole life and they start to identify someone as oh I'm I'm unhealthy because I'm always going to the doctors And, and again that's it's difficult to break that mindset when your life has just presented you with 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 that kind of avenue, and I think when you can start with that, and just I guess you know what we're call, we're talking about here is the positive affirmations, doing it and actually doing it and thinking it as two different things. As you mentioned, thoughts become actions, and and that action it should be praised and should be rewarded to say, look, I am doing this. It's not that I want to do it; I'm doing it. And whether it's you know something very small, whether it's you know just getting up and taking a shower or whether it's getting up and just going out for for five minutes to catch some sun in the morning and uh, you know stretch your legs you know that is the action of what you want to become and then you just build on that and i think that's a great place to start and i I, i've seen very lots of positive results with that but there is there is this shift that needs to take place and i think that's where you you know you mentioned you starting with that purpose and uh, trying to identify what is someone's purpose what's important to them now as an individual and that can really help them to sort of set themselves on that um, on that right path but i like the idea of positive affirmations because that really just gives us a focus point on as you, as we talked about already where is the identity that i want what do i want to become what are the behaviors and i think that would be the next step what are the behaviors that that person would display and then going out and displaying those behaviors. Yeah. And actually, you made me think, actually, we do talk about thoughts becoming actions, but actually, actions become thoughts. You know, you take that one step 
it's going to get you to think, I can do this. I'm doing this exactly, exactly as you said. I um, I put a post up yesterday about you know, what the one percent rule, and actually taking a small step in the right direction is the very action that you need to enhance that thought and thinking that I'm on on my way. Um, and I think that's you know really, really important. I think sometimes we almost sort of self sabotage because we set our standards. For where we want to be and what we want to do so high and the sense that they've all got to be done now you know I've got to become that person now is actually it's those small increments those small manageable changes in our day-to-day in our lifestyles that really make the biggest difference yeah uh, totally and I think you you raise a really good point there about our high standards and this I guess this this will link into something which we are going to talk about which is I guess self-compassion as well but those high standards you're right we set them to our for ourselves we have this you know we have this all or nothing approach to and I, I see this with health a lot and then you may you know, have a different opinion and you may have your own experience in this but we have this all or nothing approach with you know what we want to achieve so for example in, in a simple thing it's not quite as simple but something like weight loss for example someone comes to me as a trainer i want to lose weight you know they want to have this number in their mind they have an idea of when they want to lose the weight by and, it, and everything has to happen now it has to be you know a hundred percent of this or i have to do this you know i have to eat this every single day or i have to do this movement every single day and then and one day which where you don't do it because you know life gets in the way right let's be honest things things can never never go to the way that we plan them one one thing gets in the way and it's like oh i failed i can't do this this is too hard i quit well i think imagine if other parts of our life we we're expected to get 100% in everything think about when we were studying right when people are at school or at university it's not possible to expect everyone to get 100% in every single exam or test that you sit. That's why there's different pass marks, right? 70, 80, 90%, whatever it might be. And I think with your own life, you need to look at that. Are you setting, are you waking up and expecting yourself to get 100% in everything that you would, you would set out to do in that day? And if, if you are, of course, you're going to set yourself up to fail. Whereas if you can just lower that expectation, and you know, I often say to someone who's starting out on a journey and they have that expectation, I want to be at an eight or nine by this, you know, by next week. So look, in order to get to eight or nine, you have to go through zero, one, two first, and then you can get to eight or nine. And I think if you can start to lower that expectation, and as you said, those small 1%, you know, behaviors towards that, that identity, that can help you build upon that. No, absolutely. It's that lovely um, Pareto principle, isn't it? That sort of 80-20 rule, which we find um, all around us is that, you know, actually 80% of the time, we are doing the things that are meaningful for us. And that is, that is right. That's how the world functions. But 20% of the time, do you know what? We probably aren't. But it's not about right or wrong. Those are, you know, these are just some of the laws of nature um, that are around us, the laws of physiology, the laws of our, our biochemistry. That's how we're designed to function as humans, never on a single end of any spectrum, but really kind of fluctuating and having that constant flow um, between all. And I think this is where that kind of self-compassion comes in, doesn't it? Because, uh, you know, if we actually talked to ourselves in the same way that we might talk to our best friend or our neighbor or our our partner or our children, we would be much more compassionate because compassion is all about, what does it mean? It's all about this desire to ease suffering. 
that's ultimately what compassion is. So there's, you know, that kindness element to it is really, really strong. Um, and self-compassion is where we often, we fail to do that. We're not as compassionate to ourselves as we are to others. But recognizing the value of that is really important in getting you to kind of move in that direction that you want to treating your own self with the same kindness you would extend to everyone else around you. Um, you know, if your friend said, oh, God, you know, I didn't get out to exercise today. It was pouring with rain you wouldn't be taking them off. You would be going, hey, look, you know, it might rain tomorrow. What's kind of, you know, what's plan B? How are we going to get around this roadblock? Let's think of another another way. And suddenly you've come up with this wonderful idea of running up and down the stairs or, you know, playing with the kids on, on the floor. And that's your exercise for that for that moment. And actually allowing yourself to, to grow and be curious about sort of alternatives and ways that you can navigate these inevitable roadblocks that are, that are designed to come up. If life was meant to be a straight line, we'd be you know all the way on the other side of the horizon by now wouldn't we but it's not designed to be like that no you're absolutely right and i think that's you know you mentioned what you mentioned there is a a great way of of describing it to someone about self-compassion in that it's the way that you would you know treat the 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 loved ones around you uh would you know and 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 then comparing that to the way that you treat yourself and it always reminds me you know i think back to when i was uh when i was a kid and my dad used to say to me he goes sanjay you know always treat others the way that you would like to be treated yourself and i would flip that around and and say to people you know always treat yourself the way that you would treat you know, the the loved ones around you because often there's a difference there and, and people that aren't displaying that self compassion are often being too hard on themselves and you know beating themselves up as you said for for missing a workout or missing you know something that they set out to do and it's and it's absolutely okay and and, and yes it's not a straight line it's not 100% you're not expected to get 100% but if you're doing the thing most of the time and you know it comes back to the saying you are what you do most of the time not what you do some of the time uh, and i think if you can display that behavior the majority of the time and yeah of course you're going to slowly build it to get there then you're on the right track and i think it's important to 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 think about and remind yourself of that self compassion um uh, as you go as you go along the journey um some of the tools that have been useful for me, particularly with self-compassion, have been keeping a uh, thinking about gratitude, and, and uh, I know this is something you, you've spoken about. How how is that? How can that come into play here? Uh, it's a really powerful tool, isn't it? Gratitude. I've talked recently about gratitude is the attitude, <laughs> um, which um, again, you know, how much time do we carve out in our day to? think about the simplest things that have made us smile that day. And we don't, we don't pause on the good stuff. We pause on the stuff that creates us those negative thoughts, those thoughts that bring us down. But actually, gratitude is, is really easy, actually. Um, But we make it difficult. You know, think about the last time someone gave you a compliment and said, Ah, Sanjay, you know, really love your podcast. The immediate thing you're going to do is is go, uh, 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 and you find it really difficult to accept that compliment. You know, oh, I love your hair. Oh, yeah, I haven't got it washed this week. Oh, your dress is really gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it's something I had in the cupboard from ages. We're not very good at accepting those compliments or the positivity that's around us all the time. And I think gratitude, and in particular, sort of that that notion of gratitude journaling, helps us to really focus on on the good stuff that is actually um, around us. You know, if, we, if we're if we constantly thinking about 
what's wrong in the world. We'll become experts at what's wrong in the world. If we're thinking about what's good around us, we'll become the experts on that. Um, and I think it's really important to, to have some place in your day um, for that gratitude. And, you know, lots of people love taking taking this forth and writing gratitude diaries, gratitude journals. Uh, simply, again, that act of putting thought, translating it through your hand onto paper really helps to solidify what's going on in your head um, and I think that's really important so just taking you know a couple of minutes every evening to write down with your favorite pen or your favorite notebook what made me smile today and what did I do to make someone else smile today you know it's a two-way street um, the giving and the receiving are both incredibly powerful for creating those ripples in your own life and in other people's lives as well yeah, that, that final point you added there is important, isn't it? You mentioned about someone giving you compliments. So in the podcast example, yes, someone may give me the compliment of the podcast and it may be awkward to, to to accept it. However, there is a feeling there of inside of thinking, oh, thank you. Like, you know, I, I'm glad someone enjoyed my work and it makes you feel good. So you can spread, you know, that feeling of joy just by being grateful and showing gratitude to, towards someone else. And have you made someone else smile, whether it's, you know, the postman who's delivering your post amongst this, this pandemic we're going through or whether it's you know the, the, your loved ones or whoever it might be and i think that's important uh, the way i like to i like to explain or i think i help myself understand gratitude in in the sense is you mentioned it kind of there as well in terms of focusing on what you where you want to go and not where you where you don't want to go so if we're just surrounding ourselves with negativity and then that's all we're thinking about and that then of course that's you're going to become the expert on that and i remember once when i was learning many years ago to do a downhill mountain biking and um and there's there's a relevance here and then anyone that's done anything like skiing or anything like that you'll 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 resonate here and i remember i kept falling off i kept falling off the mountain of the bike and you know i'm relatively i can ride a bike but when you're in a mountain it's a bit rough and rugged and i kept falling my friend he's a bit of an expert and he said look he goes you're looking at the, the the drop you're looking at the ditch and what's happening is you're ending up there so he said look he goes follow the path and look beyond the ditch and just look at where you want to go on the path and just try to map out the path in your mind you can see it so just focus on there and that one small switch just by changing where my eyes looked and i started looking beyond the ditch and what was in front of me it it made a huge difference and i think that is important it's that focus on where you want to go and that's where you, and it comes back to what we said earlier, right? Your thoughts become your actions. And if you've changed your thoughts on, okay, this is where I want to go, as opposed to, oh God, I don't want to fall in that ditch. What happens? You end up falling in that ditch. And, you know, and I've learned this as a parent as well. And this has been a, um, you know, a, a hard lesson to learn as a parent is that when you're trying to, you know, cultivate the the habits and, a, and the life of a, of, a, of a small human being, it's very hard to say, oh, don't do that or, or be careful of that. And then you're starting to create that thought process of, oh, God, I don't want to do that. And then what ends up happening is, of course, that thing ends up happening. So, yeah, just thinking about the road and, and the path and where you want to focus on just helps me to understand that actually, you yeah, know, I, I need to focus on where I want to go. What's going to help me to do that each day 
yes, let me sit down, let me write down a couple of things that have made me smile or that I'm happy and proud of and grateful for. And of course, how can I, how can I reflect this in, into the, the lives of those around me? So that's extremely powerful. And uh, yeah, I highly yeah, recommend that. That's a lot of analogy. I really like that, uh, Sanjay. That's kind of really helpful to, to visualize it. But it also makes me, it brings me back to thinking about um, compassion as well, because um, one of the other things I felt really, uh, found really helpful for my uh, patients and clients, which sort of taps into that analogy you picked up on, is um, reflecting back on yourself what your actions tell you about your own personality your own identity your own characteristics because again we do things but we don't always think about what that tells us about us the person and especially when you've got that sense of you know low self-esteem or or low self-worth actually the fact that you baked a cake and popped over to the neighbor to offer a slice that tells you that you're a caring, warm person, not just simply the act of popping next door. Oh, sorry, those are my little puppies, Bark. That's okay. We've we've had we've had we've had puppies on the podcast before, so it's all right. They're more than welcome. So you mentioned about you know ref- self reflecting back on what your you know what your habits, or what your actions tell you about yourself. Yeah, so it's a really powerful way of actually building up that sort of positive identity um, about yourself. So especially where you've got this sense of low self-worth or low self-esteem, if you actually look at your actions of the day, the things that maybe made you happy or that you're grateful for, and reflect back on what that tells you about your own character and personality. So something as simple as I went and greeted my husband when he came home from work is maybe something that you take for granted that you do. But actually, what that means is that you're that you're caring and that you're inviting and that you're warm. The fact that you called your friend up on her birthday, what does that tell you about you? Because you don't have to. You could have just sent her a quick text message. But it actually tells you that you're a very connected person that values relationships. And I think, you know, if we took a little bit of time again to just pause on the meaning of some of the things that make us feel grateful and feel good, we'd actually be able to build up our own identities and our own sort of self-worth and self-esteem in a really, really strong way. So I do encourage a lot of my patients to to do that. And it really does make such a big difference. Just being able to spend some time marinating in your own own belief in yourself um, is a lovely thing to do. Yeah, it's, it's extremely powerful, isn't it? And I think that self-reflection is important because often we will reflect upon others actions and others behavior so if i sit down and say to someone you know what write down what do you think you know we're talking about kind and caring and compassion you know what would a kind and caring person what kind of properties would they display and we might write these things down you know they call up they they speak to you they show affection whatever it might be or you know you you can you can relate it to health as well you know what what's your idea of what a healthy active person does and you write down they walk this many steps and they do these x y and z but if you are starting on this journey and you're starting to reflect on your own you know habits of the day you know okay i did i woke up this morning and i you know i, I wrote in my gratitude journal i went out and got i had a you know got some got some steps in and got some movement in the morning i you know i had a healthy breakfast and you can start listening off those things and then you sit down and reflect and say you know what does this tell me about me then you're often creating that identity isn't it you're reinforcing that identity you're saying to yourself look 
I am doing the things that I would say that this healthy person or whatever this 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 title you want to give yourself is doing, and and that can be really powerful. And that can you know often I sh- people will say oh, I really struggle with motivation, but for 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 many that's the motivation there in itself, isn't it? You're you're self motivating, and that's very very powerful. Once you can do that. Yeah, then there's there's no limits, right? Yeah, which is why I talk about health as as a limitless skill because actually you self perpetuate by actually pausing and noticing what you're doing. It's back to my sort of you know discover, notice, and activate. Those are the three things that you really, really need to to be be doing constantly to build health as a skill. And it's fun and it's enjoyable and it creates that real curiosity about life and living. Um, and it integrates with with your purpose and with your health, because we know actually from um, lots of research studies as well that purpose isn't just this sort of nice thing to have. It actually is a really, really strong predictor of your longevity, so how long you live. There was a couple of studies done, um, published in the Journal of Psychological Science, that showed that actually having a purpose in your life provides that buffer from death, whatever age you are. Um, and it's really important. And there's even more research that shows a link between purpose and physical health. So those who've got this sense of purpose, who I am, where I'm going, have less strokes, less heart disease, and better physical function. So it's got a really important predictive value. It's really central to your life narrative to have that sense of, of purpose for sure. Yeah. I mean, this next question is a little bit maybe hard to answer but how how does someone find their purpose because it's that's often something i get it's like well i don't know i mean i don't know where to look i don't know how to look i mean what what's what's your thinking and thoughts on that how does someone discover their purpose if there is a way of doing that yeah i think that's a really difficult question as well that pursuit of purpose it's almost like that pursuit of happiness and actually is purpose something that we go and find or does purpose find us. And I think there's a real juxtaposition of those uh, two uh, two things. Um, so uh, just, I guess, in terms of being able to, you know, give some tools, the important thing about purposeful living is intentional living. So living with intention, not letting life happen to you, but being able to really live through all of life's currents. And A simple thing that I do often ask people to think about is what I call the three eyes of intention. Um, And this might be, again, you know, really nice hooks for for listeners to, to think about today. So the first eye of intention is ignition. And ignition for me is about the start of your day. What ignites you at the beginning of the day? What gets you going? What are you feeling, thinking, doing when your feet are coming out from under that duvet and hitting that ground every morning? Because I think the start of the day is so important for setting the tone for the rest of your day. So that's the first eye, ignition. The second eye is importance, So, which is what we've been talking about. What is important to you? not the societal rules you think you need to live by. You've got to ditch that rule book. What is at the core of you? So taking time for that introspection and getting curious about yourself. And the third eye is immersion. So how are you bringing your intention alive? You know, what do you need to do to immerse yourself into your intention and infuse your day with the intentions that you've set? So so those are the three eyes, I think, of how to live with intention, how to live with purpose, ignition, importance, and immersion. 
Um, and I guess in terms of action, so your question about, well, you know, how do you do that? Um, so I could probably leave with maybe three really key actions uh, for being able to, to live with purpose and intention. So the first one is to write down how you intend to feel today. So I intend to feel happy today. I intend to feel productive. I intend to feel kind. So what is it that you want to feel today? So recognize what that is. That's action one. Action two then is to write down what you're going to do for yourself today that will activate that feeling. So it might be, I intend to complete that article I was writing, or I intend to take a 10 minute walk outside, whatever the weather, or I intend to sit silently for a minute. So what is it that you're needing to do to activate that feeling that you've set for yourself? And then the third action then is write down what you're going to do for someone else today that will activate that feeling. So I intend to call my mum or I intend to compliment my colleague or I intend to drop off a cake to the neighbour. So I think those are three, you know, really they're simple. They're things that you really can impregnate into your day, how you intend to feel, what you intend to do for yourself to activate that feeling and what you intend to do for someone else today that will activate that feeling. I think those are three really key actions that allow you to start to live that life of purpose. That's wonderful. So we've got the three eyes of intention there, which I really like. The ignition, the start of your day, that's a great way of thinking about it. Uh, what's important, again, that's coming back to, to values a little bit there as well. And then immersion. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Then, of course, the three little tips there to, to help us to get there, absolutely writing down um, how you intend to feel. So again, we're talking about intentions and feelings and thoughts are going to help us to get there. Um, what are you going to do? What the what is it you're going to do to get yourself there? And absolutely, it's something I don't write it down, but I always think about it. Is I need to get out and do my, you know, do do a run. And it, and sometimes that is ten minutes, you know. And and I don't again once upon a time I might beat myself up for not doing you know longer than that. But as long as I get out there and I do it, it's a tick and it makes me feel good. Or sometimes it could be longer. So yeah, what are you going to do to help yourself to get there? And uh, what are you going to do for someone else? Really, really good, really good tips there and really good advice. Thank you very much uh, for that. Um, there's, there's so much more we could, we could speak about, but obviously I'm mindful of, of your time and, and, and I want to be respectful for that. But where can people find out a lot uh, more about what you're doing? Because we mentioned at the beginning, you're up to so much. I actually want to, before we get into that, you mentioned uh, uh, an author. I don't know how much you can talk about it, but you, you're, you're writing a book. Or you're, you're starting to think about that process. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't there a book in all of us, Sanjay? That's what, uh, that's what we <laughs> so, so I've been told, yes. <laughs> so absolutely. I'm going to get my creative juices out and uh, hope there'll be a book in the offering. And to be honest, this is the first time I've ever said this out loud in any public forum. So you're going to be the one who's going to have to hold me accountable to this now, you and you and the listeners today. I feel privileged. I feel very privileged that you've decided to, to, to launch to, to launch to the world that and then it's an intention. It's written down. It's uh, yeah, it's out there now. So yeah, absolutely. I'll make sure that we, we see that book and I will for one I'm looking forward to. It. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's my that's my intention set. So um so yes, your question about where can people find me? Um probably my website's the easiest place to, to access. Um so that's ww.dralkerpatel.com. Um and you found me on social media, so um I'm on all the 
over or use your channels at uh, Dr. Alka Patel UK. Um, and like you, I'm a podcaster as well. Uh, so I've got my podcast out as well and, and YouTube channel, which is uh, the Lifestyle First podcast. So um, more than happy to keep the conversation alive with anyone who wants to get, uh, get in touch. And I'm sure you and I will be having a, a lot more conversations too. Yeah, look, definitely. This is something, this is, I've said this a lot and I'll say this again, you know, for me starting this podcast and, you know, getting back into social media because I was off it for a long time, I try to set my intention with it. You know, we, we always hear these you know, negativity about, we spoke about this, didn't we, off air in our previous conversation about how we, we have this, um, or many people have this negative connotation with social media, but I set out an intention to use social media and channel my, you know, to, to try and improve improve my knowledge and, and my understanding and to link with like-minded people or other people who I resonate with. And absolutely that's why I've used it and I've set that intention out. And yeah, and everyone I've reached out to, including yourself, have been more than more than welcoming and, and giving up their time to speak. So that's been that's been great. And I highly rec- recommend and encourage people um to go and uh, check out yeah it's certainly your website. The podcast is great. I mean I love it. It's you know it's 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 short and sweet. You get sort of bite-sized episodes which you can easily digest and there's some really, really good content there. I love of what we've spoken about today but i guess broken up into different sections so i recommend people go and check that out i'm going to put all the links for dr arka patel in the show notes and the episode description so if you need to reach out to her then please go ahead and and check her out there but um again thank you very much for your time and yes you're absolutely right i'm sure we will be doing this again at some stage in the future in fact i'd like to maybe get a couple of people on and maybe we can do like a panel type one that's just a thought i've got but uh, yeah we'll we'll see how that plays out fun i love what you're doing sanjay honestly i have to sort of express my gratitude to you at the end of this uh this conversation because actually you know that intention that you've set for yourself in terms of getting out all these incredibly important health messages and your mechanisms for doing that you know i'm completely in awe and and love what you're doing so you know thank you so much for for creating a platform for for, to enable that to happen thank you no i appreciate that that uh, yeah certainly from a purpose discovery you know point of view this is something that i you know wrote down and and i felt and um you know uh I guess it's something I've always always been into so um, yeah I'm just trying to follow that that through and, and I don't know where it's going to lead me as, as you said you know, I don't know and, and I, I haven't uh, defined that yet but I'm enjoying the ride and I'm, I'm you know taking every every uh, breath and every step as it comes so yeah no, I appreciate that and again thank you very much so I uh, look forward to, to connecting again and um, yeah we'll see what the future holds thank you to this week's guest for their time and insights it was a real pleasure speaking to them All the social media and website links for today's guest can be found on the show notes page on our website, which is www.stayhole.co.uk forward slash SWP. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please share it with someone that you think might benefit from it. I would also be very grateful if you could visit Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and leave me a review. It will really help this information reach more and more people. Thank you. And if you're a health, fitness or wellness professional and you want to be a guest on the show or you have your own personal health and wellness journey that you want to share, then contact me via email. It's sunjay at stayhole.co.uk. That's S-U-N-J-A-Y at stayhole.co.uk. You can get me on Instagram or Twitter. It's at stayholelife or on facebook.com forward slash stayhole. I would love to hear from you. Thank you to Purple Planet for all the music in this episode. And as always, thank you to you for listening. I am forever grateful. And remember to stay whole.